let's just get straight into it. So uh, this is Western Tabletop, and we are starting the first interview series for our channel. And Justin here is joining us all the way from Canada to talk to us about the November Skulls event. Um, what is the title of that? It's a Partisan Party. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Justin is uh, part of the uh, committee for Outpost 6030, um, which is one of the biggest gaming clubs in Perth. Um, and even though that he's moved all the way to Canada, he hasn't stopped organizing bolt action events for us to enjoy here in Perth. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just thought, could you give a little bit, is there anything else that you'd like to let us know about yourself, Justin, uh, in the right. hobby scene? Right, so the, the main reason why I've travelled halfway uh, around the world and uh, I'm not in, in sunny Perth enjoying the uh, COVID restriction-free environment is uh, due to my, my lovely wife taking a job over here in Canada for, for 12 months. So I pretty much um, picked up sticks in December and after the last bolt action tournament mm -hmm. and, uh, and moved, moved across here. So pretty much um, have been in Canada since December and probably experienced the most coldest weather in my whole entire life. <laughs> um, uh, I, think it got down, I think it got down to like minus 25. Um, but the main reason why I'm still organising tournaments across halfway across the globe is A, to keep the... Um, the torch burning for skulls because I think it's a yep. a great sort of biannual event and two um, keeping me going absolutely not going actually insane mainly due to the fact <laughs> that uh, being being locked down and uh, been homeschooling a uh, a five year old for over 175 days has certainly uh, put me over the top. Well, I'm glad that you know your effort into putting into the campaigns and tournaments and things for us here in Perth. Like, we're reaping the rewards, so thanks for all your effort. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess you, it, it'd be a little bit exciting to be in a new country and see what their scene's all about and how miniatures yeah. are played in Canada. Um, and yeah. a, a lot of the people here in, in Perth are, are really keen to know what it's like overseas, um, if the meta's any different, and, and what bolt action is, is, is like um, over there. So, so it's a really sort of strange environment because, like, um, trying to actually get onto the Toronto bolt action group was actually like trying to, you know, hurt cats. Um, it took me like two months to finally get an admin to, to, to crack on with it. So I have to say the Perth community is, is extremely strong from a Facebook point of view. Mm -hmm. um, Toronto is very big into Flames of War. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say which version because I don't want to offend any uh, Perth players, <laughs> whether it's version three or version four. But um, if we look, like I've, I've joined onto a number of Facebook groups here, um, and Flames of War is quite big, um, and also um, the Napoleonic scene is quite large here as well. Yeah. Um, I think the main, like, I, I'm I'm doing something similar to what I did when I first got into Bolt Action, which is trying to grow the community here. So mm -hmm. um, started started off with running a couple of demo games, um, looking at sort of um, trying to get, you know, a couple of regular games going a week mm -hmm. um, just to try, try and increase the scene here. Because, again, everyone talks about Bolt Action. Oh, I've got 28 mil figures. Yeah. But uh, they seem to be in love with, with Flames of War. 
yeah, over here in right. Toronto. Okay, that, that's that's very different to, to what it is over here, which yeah, is yeah. a little bit bizarre because, you know, um, Battlefront's a New Zealand company and we can't seem to get it um, growing here in Perth, but yet it's it's doing fine in Canada. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and I have to say, it's, it's, been, it's been really interesting because they've got this awesome game store um, yeah. downtown. Well, there's actually a couple of game stores, uh, which, are, which has been, well, actually, which has been great. I managed to sniff out the first one within two weeks of landing um, <laughs> in the country. And uh, this one was actually called Meeple Mart. Yeah. So it's, it's about four times the size of Tactics, and it has over 80,000 products. Yeah, that's so it's insane. a massive, massive store. And, like, you know, you think Tactics is cool, wait till you go to Meeple yeah. Mart. And you, like, I, I, they, they were doing curbside collection for a while. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realise the shop had reopened back up. And the next thing you know, I was dropping my backpack off with my already curbside purchase goodies <laughs> and was like randomly wandering around looking at a, looking at a game system that I wanted to uh, wanted to get into next or the, the next box that I was uh, was looking at to, to purchase. So I was a bit of a kid, kid in the candy store um, yeah. for that one. Um, I have to say probably the big thing here is like everyone's into their board games. I think, okay. again, namely due to the, due to the cold winter. Um, so board gaming central here, like board game, I've got a board, actual board gaming shop, um, on the main drag where I live. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's board, board game central and, but tabletop gaming is, is a hard beast to actually sniff out. Yeah. Okay. Like whilst in Toronto, but from a point of view of models, it's a kidney candy shop. Um, and is, is this unfortunately have to do a lot with COVID and just the, the bizarre yeah. timing for you to, to, to land over yeah. there? Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, I was lucky enough to um, finally track down a game at the University Gaming Club. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was actually pretty cool because we've got a really awesome public transport system here. So I was able to trudge through the snow with my army in my backpack, jump yeah. on the uh, subway, pop up into the university and away we went. So... Um, they've actually got a really cool system where it's actually like they've got like the president of the club and then they've got like vice presidents of different gaming systems. So they've got yep. like vice president historical, vice oh, president cool. D&D. So it's a really cool setup. So I managed to make contact with one of their vice presidents who um, only after three weeks of playing a couple of demo games, I already got him into buying the Japanese army. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. So... And, um, so, so we had so that was like my first full blown game um, in probably late January early, early February, mm -hmm. and it was actually what was really awesome. I have to say this is why I love the Perth community so much. Was OTP sent me over some um, like a gifted the University Club a table of terrain so we could once that's the, amazing. Yeah, once once it's lifted the restrictions lifted, we've got this beautiful table of OTP terrain mm -hmm. to play with as well. So. Oh. That was that, um, and the only other game I had had was again. Shop names here are, are crazy. Like I, I'm so used to saying tactics or good games. Here we've got Meeple Mart, Sword and Board, and my favourite of all is Hairy Tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I, I, I still I still can't believe I rock up to uh, to a game store called Hairy Tarantula. It's a similar setup to Good Games Cannington. They've got okay. like a bit yeah. of a shop front couple of tables and I managed to play uh, like a sort of you know 1250 point game of bolt action and 
Fantastic. there as well. So that's my first first full blown game of bolt action, and then the uh, the COVID, the COVID hit. Yeah, and, and lights yeah. are out. Yeah. Um, well, uh, as you know, you've you've watched some of our casts and stuff, and obviously you're organising the tournaments. This would be like the second one post COVID. Um, Correct. The yeah. um, outposts that I'd be involved with. Um, yeah, we're 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 completely safe. Um, here and gaming, so um, we're lucky enough that Bolt Action hasn't really stopped, aside from the initial six-week lockdown. Um, so let's get straight into Partisan Party. That's probably why everyone wants to catch up um, and, and, and listen to you again, and uh, I'm, I'm sure a few people are happy to see your face. Um, but there's, uh, in you listing the event, it's just gone absolutely insane on Facebook. Um, and it, it, all conversation I'm having with people, whether it be on Messenger, on Discord, at the club, at RHG, everybody is now really pumped for this event. Uh, and, and I think we're only a week from when you announced it, if not yeah, a couple yeah. of days on, on, on top yeah. of that, something like that. Um, and it seems that everyone, all of a sudden, is absolutely really excited for another Skulls event, as they should be. Um, and people are starting to, you know, make lists. Even I'm thinking about painting some more models at the moment. Um, and I thought I'd painted everything. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I might, let, let's, let's get into the, the event itself. Um, yeah. So the very basics are that this is in November, this is the Saturday the 28th, 7am open, starting at 8.30, so, you know, do all your check-in and stuff, it's 30 bucks entry, um, and it's going to be, what, three rounds and a whole bunch of prizes, so, um, who have you managed to to talk into sponsoring the event? So, at this stage, um, I'm going back to, like, our regulars, like, I'm I'm really blessed to have... um, OTP on board again. Yep. So they're actually um, the guys printing out the um, Partisan Pete model. And I'll probably talk about that a bit later. Yeah. Um, but OTP, um, I think like the feedback they get from players is they love a good gift voucher. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at, again, Knights of Dice, mm-hmm. uh, Dice of War, um, probably probably some more tactics um, type stuff. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, Amazing Forge has always yeah. some, some some good stuff as well. So that's what uh, I'm, I'm sort of looking at, at at this stage. But like again, I'll, I'll see something um, pop up on Facebook. Yeah. They'll have something cool, and the next thing is um, um, you know, supporting them, and then they're supporting me. Yeah. I have to say, like to, to me, um, OTP is is one of the. Um, is, is an awesome company to support. Yeah. Um, when I was picking up picking up the terrain for I think Skullingrad, which I ran last year, I had um, Emma and Dan pushing the kids out the door to school, and then they've got a couple of they've got I think they've got six kids. So then I was in the in the house picking up the terrain. They've got their twenty plus three D printers churning out. They've got mm. a present set up in the in the garage. So I was really happy to support support those guys. So. Um, so we've got those those prizes on the table, so to speak. Fantastic. Um, but but the main the main thing around partisan Pete and how it sort of all came about was um, watching a lot of YouTube whilst painting. I've got this um, my, my awesome painting setup, which sort of looks down the street of uh, of where I live. 
and mm -hmm. um, I sort of have the have the old YouTube on, and I'm, I'm trying to come up with new ideas for that. Um, looking at partisan party and um, previously on the side, a lot of yep. players talked about trying to balance out the table because um, mm. I was sort of doing a lot of sort of attacker defender missions and trying to put an historical spin into the tournament. And uh, players just found it really difficult because um, the way I like to run tournaments is have a best axis and a best allied general. Yep. Um, just trying to, you know, stop the blue on blue type scenarios because people love to sort of, you know, play a historical element yeah. within, within the game. So um, that was the main thing. So part, partisan party really was like, um, enough, well, was just is basically an improvement to Onda side, which I thought mm. was, a, was was an awesome, awesome event from what I from what I could gather. It's always hard to uh, gauge feedback when you're fifteen thousand k's from uh, from a table. Mm. Well, so, um, the last event that I played in was absolutely fantastic. Um, it was some of the better missions that that. The, the actual side missions just added such a, an extra element on top of, of what you would regularly play. Um, and then back to when we were talking about the prizes, I don't know how you do it, but the amount of support that you managed to get at the last event is obviously way above the entry cost for this. So And, and almost everybody ran away with something. Um, and there's lots of on opportunity to win prizes but not have to be best access best allied to and do that, so and, and that's and that's always been my philosophy as well for the skull setup yeah so the got so the, you've got your your you get your gamers which are there mm -hmm. they can take away a dice bag or dice tray or you know something of, of like as a trophy so to speak because in that way um they can put that on their mantle or do whatever they like with it but what i really want to do is keep adding players to the tournaments mm -hmm. because at the end of the day every time someone plays in a tournament they they're going to play play bolt action again somewhere else whether it be at good games rockingham outpost northern boards yeah um, i think there's even a there's even a crew from albany that are looking yeah at coming up i think there's four four guys down there so that that to me is really i think what what i've tried to model um a outpost as is a place to to go and be skulls in the sense of being able to have a really cool tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, you get bank value for money. You're spending quality time at the hobby table, yeah, or, or the painting table, and then quality time <laughs> at the actual gaming table as well. Yeah, because you, you 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 know that even though you might have a bit of a stinky dice, you still have a chance of actually taking away something as well. Yeah. Um uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that Bolt Action probably is the fairer rule set to a novice um, in the sense that there, there's quite a lot of opportunity and fairness within the game itself um, that, you know, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I would suggest people who are brand new to Bolt Action to turn up to this tournament. Um, and, and I think you're going to have a fun time regardless of what happens. Yeah. So, so to me, it's all about um, introducing new players. Um, yeah. Like I think there's I think there's nothing worse than, I, 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 and I think it actually comes back to really the culture of the the gaming system itself. Like mm. you've got a couple of power players, you've got a couple of players there that uh, you know wanting to have a good time, and you've just got some players there who just love painting historical mo models or have some interest in World War Two or historical yeah. miniatures in general. And I think that's that is the beautiful makeup of the community, 
Um, you've got guys who want to go hard. You've got guys who want to have a good time. And you've got guys who just want to be there. And, and, and with that mix and the range of people, and it's, it's pretty much 50-50 across the board in, in all those aspects. I can't do the maths, but whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, in the sense that you, you just never really feel that you're getting too much of an unfair game or, or anything like Correct. this. It's a bit of the nature yeah. of the game itself, but obviously the community as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's go into the real special thing about this event. So um, there's two things. Um, we'll get into what all the side missions are and what that means, yep. but that's a returning thing. All those side missions are a little bit different to what they were last time. The Correct. new um, sort of feature is Partisan Pete, uh, and you've managed to organize a, a 3D printed model that every player will walk away with or perhaps Correct. even have before the event. Um, and that will be a feature of the missions themselves to protect him and put him in different places to score Correct. objectives, yes. etc. Um, so um, I'll, I'll throw up on screen um, a little a little photo of the the three D print. Um, so, but you're you're hoping to get this to all of us, all of the players um, before the event, so they got an opportunity to paint it, and it will be a function of the missions as well. Correct, and it's also actually doubling down as the painting competition. Okay. So um, what I'm tr what I'm trying to do is people like it's the old um, you know quality over quantity. So what I really want the guys to do is get the partisan Pete model. They can either pick it up from um, Outpost, uh, Good Games, Rockingham, or if like the wor worst case scenario is um, I've got a couple of helpers back in Perth who'll be able to mail the figures down to the guys in Albany. So they don't yep. expect you to drive six hours to. Uh, collect partisan Pete so there's there's mechanisms there to get to get it or I'll try and get it out to one of the guys at the Monday nights to distribute out as well yeah so I'll have a couple of couple of distribution hubs to get Pete and um, Pete there as well um, and then I've also tried to link it in with the paint some stuff group which is yeah um, actually sponsored by outpost which is a painting painting group so you'll be able to pledge Pete mm -hmm. and paint him painting for the month of November getting him ready for skulls and then again, there's a chance to win a, a tactics voucher there as well, so you yeah. can um, collect some cash. But that's that's the main reason um, for having having Pete in there as a, as as a couple of different things. Now, yep. everyone has sort of been asking, how does Pete behave? Well, mm. Pete Pete is a bit of a renegade. He's a bit of a he's, he's a bit of a partying partisan. Hence the reason partisan party. So even though he's actually in your squad, he doesn't count towards the models. So whatever okay. you have on your list, so say you have a six-man squad and he joins as the seventh man, he doesn't count as anything because basically as soon as he um, senses any danger, he gets he gets out of dodge. So he's not involved in hand-to-hand -hand combat, not involved in shooting, and he doesn't affect the morale of the troops. He's purely there as so as a, as a tag along. He's essentially being escorted and doesn't count as a, an infantry Correct. model that helps in combat morale or, or anything like no, this. No. However, assigning him to a group helps with a, a few objectives, right? Correct. So, so that's that's how we get into into the objectives, uh, the, side, the side missions, so to speak. So really when I look at it, um, I, did I did Saving Partisan Pete, um, and mainly my look at the dynamic there was... Um, using cover, mm -hmm. because I think everyone is going to be bringing 
a sniper to to, yep. to gun him down. So um, I was I was looking at that. And even when we go to actually kill Pete, Pete actually has to get killed on a six. So again, he's okay. Not, so he's not actually part again. He's got body on. <laughs> he's got, uh, no, he, 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 he is like the Matrix. He dodges bullets. He he disappears. He, he, he is the ultimate the ultimate soldier. He is like Jean-Claude Van Damme, the partisan, uh, of, of the partisan of the partisan group. So that was the main thing there. So I was looking at you know using the down order, using cover, and mm -hmm. and trying to sort of protect Pete. And I'm getting it through. Um, and then um, Bloody Beret is like, again, uh, more of a list selection. Mm -hmm. uh, again, in keeping him um, keeping him there. Chase the Cache is, again, similar to, again, my, um, like my play on words. Um, mm -hmm. And it's mainly, again, trying to get people to bring Pete out of cover, which, again, ties into trying to protect him, which in turn yeah. tries to kill him. So there's a bit of synergy, synergy yeah. there. Fantastic. And it's also a bit of a bit of a thematic sort of one as well, um, where he's actually trying to find his, you know, yeah, chance of Faust or his, yeah, his stash. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I do note that there is a typo in there, um, and it should read, uh, three round objectives are placed in the center line of the table. Okay. So, again, yeah. thanks to thanks to um, people picking up my typos. So we'll be, we'll, be at, we'll be at V4 by the end of this, I guess. Oh, mate, <laughs> we'll probably be at V6 by the end of it. Yeah. Um, so then, and then I sort of added the bonus of um, putting the extra um, point on there for Pete actually being at one of the stashes. Mm -hmm. So again, it sort of adds, adds the thematic, you know, synergy and going from there. Via the Faust, um, initially um, I came up that, with that one as bring up the Piat. Yeah, because I was trying to get that historical sort of link in with the old um, "A Bridge Too Far," but that's when I changed it to uh, "Fire the Faust." Mm -hmm. And I saw there was lots of comments on there. Um, and John Beeson, I have to say that man is a champ for going through, and you know, lots of comments, well thought out, and you know, and I was I was really happy for him to actually provide feedback on um, some of the minor nations because I was mainly yeah. focusing on. The major the big nations, four. So it was, you know, yeah. the big four, and it was really good to have like a fresh set of eyes come through, pick it up, and and run with it there. So um, initially, uh, it didn't have anti tank grenades, but it now does have anti tank grenades. Right. Um, so I put that in there. Um, people commented around satchel charges. If you bring Japanese, unfortunately, the man dies anyway. Yeah. Because that's his. That's his. That's his ability. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I was I was a bit bit mindful of that, but they've also got you know um, guys with spears, with tank grenades, and all kinds of other um, cool stuff. So I thought, well, they they can that sort of uh, neutralizes that one out. Yeah. Um, and and the anti tank gun is only for those nations um, which don't have a shape charge. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I sort of wanted wanted to go there. So if anyone tries to pull the swifty. On you saying, oh, I've used my anti-tank gun to kill them. Yep. No dice. Mm -hmm. No dice. Unless you're a minor nation and you don't have a shape charge. And what's that? That's so, got to be like Netherlands or something like that. Yeah, Netherlands. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah, like I said, John did an all, that, that's what I said, John did an awesome group. Like, you know, he, he had like Poland, France, Belgium. Okay. Uh, the Netherlands. So that was really good. Norway and Greece. Mm -hmm. um, Spring the Trap is definitely thematic. It's the whole, you know, Hiding in the bocage, waiting for your 
your unit to move through and uh, and spring the trap. Um, so that was the that was the main one there. Um, clear out the chateau. Mm -hmm. um, I use that one mainly to stop people hiding peat in buildings. Yeah. Okay. So, so that was that, and it was also like again another sort of thematic thing of like you know oh there's a tank hiding behind there let's take down the chateau or there's um, enemy infiltrating the buildings you know or t setting up snipers it was just sort of again if any snipers are hiding in buildings you know again I've, I tried to put as much synergy as I could into the side missions to try and make it as um, enjoyable as possible and and seeing if people you know again if they have sort of stinky dice you know, switch from plan A to plan B to plan yeah. C back to plan A as as the as, as the games go on. That's fantastic. So um, I'll just fill in the side missions we were just talking about. They all have different scoring. Most of them are one extra VP. Clearing the cache uh, can have two um, if you have Puzz and Pete with you. Um, uh, so basically the... Um, rules that you've set out, the three missions that we will play will be No Man's Land, Double Envelopment, and Sectors. These are all standard rulebook missions. Um, yep. All have their own tactics to actually play those missions correctly in, in, in a normal sense. Um, but those are going to be dramatically changed with these side objectives because... Um, it's, it's these side objectives that are going to score you quite a few more points than your traditional kill point, v, kill point VP or even the objectives in the actual mission. So uh, for some comparison, the last event that we did, um, there were many people that, you know, won the mission but didn't win on victory points yeah. because they didn't, they completely ignored the side mission. So yeah. they're equally as important and you need to Correct. go for both. And your decision making is going to change on the fly based on what's happening, and it's going to go. Maybe I can't go for the mission objective, but I'll have to go for the side, or vice versa. Um, so, 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 yeah. So, double envelopment for me is going to be the best one because you're moving troops across either side of the table. The mm -hmm. question is, is who's going to hold the cage? Whether you're going to leave like a a rear guard mm. in there, whether you try and get Pete off the board to keep them alive, plus score the three points for the unit. So again, I've tried to sort of um, blend those blend those missions to, you know, see what people do, whether someone leaves a cheeky sniper at the rear of the table and shoots Pete as he yep. runs off the board and, you know, again, triggers the ambush, plus takes out Pete and, uh, and, and goes from there. Um, so I like what you just said about double envelopment. Were there any other thoughts to choosing nomads or sectors uh, above any other missions within the rulebook? So the main reason why I've sort of looked at, um, like, sort of out, out of the rule, like out of the rulebook missions, is one uh, entice new players in, two yep. um, in, increase the amount of gameplay that people have because normally you spend, you know. 10, 15 minutes setting up the table, 10, 15 minutes reading through, and there's half an hour already gone out of your, you know, game two hours. Yeah. So, again, going back to my, sort of my philosophy is trying to get two hours of awesome gameplay happening and people actually getting to turn five and turn six mm -hmm. and actually trying to, fi try and actually finish the missions them themselves and actually go, right, I played three really good missions. 
which I've already which I already know how to play. So that was my philosophy mm-hmm. behind picking um, rule book missions one, get players in, two, um, keep the gameplay flowing. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, we let's let's move on to the actual uh, conditions of your list. So um, some of the the key takeaways are that this will this um, event will be generic reinforced without any of the extra theater options that you you might see that easy army would tend to sneak in. Um, yes. The points level is going to be 1250 and the dice are going to be no more than 12. Um, and this has brought up a lot of discussion because uh, typically 1250 is actually on the high scale of what we would play in Perth. Um, but seeing that with a restriction of 12 units um, is, 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 it's, it's a decision that you need to make. You just can't flood the board with, with lots of chaff. Um, Correct. And, and I'm hoping that was the intention. Um, but, yeah, just wanted to, to, to get your feedback so, on, on so, how that so, happened. So with that there, again, feedback from previous tournaments, people, like, I, I normally like to play 1,000 points because people sort of have um, 1,000 points painted, which is always yeah. good to, a good look for the table. Um, but people sort of talked about, well, I can't bring out my, my big toys. You know, yeah. I can't bring out my King Tiger. I can't bring out my Comet. I can't bring out this, that, or the other, like when it comes to sort of like the armor options. And what I was trying to do was get, um, you know, people thinking about a list. Um, and again, it's just like a different dynamic, 12 dice, lots of veterans. You could run lots of inexperienced. Yeah. Like it's completely, completely up to you. And I think that's the best part. Well, that's what I certainly enjoy and watching, watch people like instantly go, oh, I've already written a list. You know, within 12 yeah. hours of me dropping the players pack, I had yeah. people already writing lists and, and, and going out. I, but again, I did it as soon as the players pack went out and I've adjusted yeah. it four times over and I've had a look at the models I have and I'm like, mm, I need another veteran squad here. So I'm going to have to paint some more Americans. Be yeah. first time playing allies, so that they'll they'll be a change. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is this is really cool. Yeah, but that's that's the main thing. The main thing is trying to get people to go grab a, a beer mm. out of the fridge or a cup of coffee, sit down, actually go through the books instead of going through Easy Army, and actually writing something that's that they probably already have the toys for. So because the main thing is actually focusing people on actually playing to practice, like practicing at mm-hmm. either one of the clubs. Yeah, um, and again, it's more about focusing on working on your tactics, working mm. on your ideas, uh, and you've pretty much got everything almost ready to paint. Hopefully, um, mm-hmm. and then and you're not rushing around sort of doing it. You're, you're, and then you're focusing actually on painting partisan Pete, and yeah. making him the uh, the best partisan he can be. That'll be interesting. I mean, every time I'm painting, I'm painting an entire force. So, you know, spending a little bit more time on a, on a character figure, that's actually going to be really fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've, we've gone through all of the selection criteria for the lists. Um, we know what missions we're playing. We know the side missions. We've got all of um, Partisan Pete sorted. So that's about everything for the event. But um, in the lead-up to this call, um, we did get a lot of user questions um, about the event. Uh, quite a few of them may have already been covered with the discussion we've had. So I'm just going to quickly pan through and, and have a look at some um, 
uh, okay, uh, just just some just some pointers, facts, things about the events and and what people would like to know. Um, so uh, let me have a look and just see. Um, we've got a lot on partisan Pete. Everybody wants to know about him, and you've basically covered all of it, which is great. I think, I think what I'm actually going to do in, yep. in I'll, I'll probably drop another revision of the players pack um, yep. just to cover off like what we talked about. Um, I think the one, I think one of the questions I saw pop up is in regards to painting him. So yes. that that uh, so with that they're all modifying him. Part partisan Pete can be is is like a stock standard model. I try and want to get all the partisan Pete's to look the same. If someone wants to go put a beard on him, mustache, sideburns, you know, modify his hat, I don't know. Like, I, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to even the playing field. But if you want to tweak him slightly, mm -hmm. um, that's that's what I'm going to look at. The the painting criteria for Partisan Pete, I'm probably going to put out in a couple of days mm -hmm. um, once, once the model's out. And I think there's going to be... Um, you know, if you guys want to do dioramas, you can do dioramas for him. Fantastic. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to actually time with your army at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, if you want to, if you want to paint him German field grey, you can. If you want to paint him English uniform, you can. He can do whatever. I, I think the other cool thing that might that might work out is a little side story that goes with him. It can yeah. just be a paragraph about. Um, where, you so that's, where you found him. Where you found him. That's what I'm sort of looking at. I, I want it to be sort of like a, um, you know, someone's done a bit of research into him. Like he might be Eastern European. He might be from the France. France, who knows, yeah. Yeah, or he might Fantastic. be from the Netherlands. So that's what I was sort of trying to do there. So it, the main thing is, is you can modify him slightly, but it's trying to get, all the putters and peats to look the same and then actually judge it on that model. The quality. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, you know, uh, we, 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 have a, we have a few things about the rules in relation to putters and peat. We've covered those. Um, John asked, you know, uh, it, so Pete's going to be supplied on the house by you guys. Um, yes. When would we expect to maybe get that print ready? And when would we be able to start picking up Pete and painting him? So, so Pete should be ready by what's so today's thirteenth over here in Canada. Yep. So I think he'll be ready by the end of this week, start of next. Fantastic. That's amazing. So he'll be. So you've got um, four weeks to just to get him painted to crack onto him. Fantastic. Yeah, but like, but like I said, dub, double down, jump on the paints and stuff group, on, which is on Facebook. Um, chance to win $20 tactics voucher. Amazing. That, that's great. Du double double the uh, reward. You've got, a, yeah. you've got a chance with that um, uh, yeah. paint some stuff prize. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Uh, I've got, got a bit of a cheeky one from Calder. Um, he asks, out of all the players who've signed up, who are the players to beat? Well, I've, I, I looked at I looked at young Jackson's question, and seeing how many three players have signed up so far, I have to say Jackson would be um, <laughs> would be would be the winner. But um, if if I was if I was a betting man, um, yep. the two the two um, guys I think who will absolutely push this to the limits would be Russ. 
Oh yeah, because um, he is he is the ultimate um, bolt action player. Like I know I've I've heard I've I've got through the partisan network all the way from Toronto to <laughs> the Monday nights headquarters wherever they are. I think in Armadale or Kelmscott that there are like four Axis players training for this event. Yeah. So I think that they're they're there. So Russ and the Monday nights. Um, I also think from the point of view of um, there's also like a couple of um, other guys I sort of look at as well. Old Gorch and there's a bit of a smoky. He always uh, yeah he comes he, through and he's he understands the rules, understands the tactics. He, he downplays himself a little bit, but uh, he knows oh, what he's doing. He is, he, is, <laughs> he, is, he is the dark the dark horse. Um, and all and I have to always say that Matt Castles to me oh, is yeah. just like. Uh, I've I've played him uh, a number of times, and I have to say they are the best games of bolt action, one hundred percent, that I've played. Uh, namely, because he plays a very fast tempo game, so I get so you get through all your turns, and yep. his his idea of deployment, dear God, I remember getting absolutely <laughs> done over by an eighty eight gun, uh, which he just put in the center of the board, had a forty five degree angle either side. And my tank feared for its life and hid behind a building for most of the game. But he is one of those players which is is bang on. But the thing I love about this setup is anyone anyone can win because mm-hmm. um, we had uh, we had Quinn in his first bolt action tournament take it out. Um, yeah. The Axis. Fantastic. Uh, we've had we've had Ryan Buck as well. Yep. At one stage, he was ready to flip the table because he wasn't happy with the missions. <laughs> um, but then he's come back and took out best allied. General, so again, um, yeah, you know, it, it could it could be anyone. I, I remember I remember Nathan Patrick taking out the best Axis mm-hmm. uh, general as well. So um, again, you know Nathan was very smart with his list selection for that tournament. So yep. um, again, he could be there. But if if I was uh, a betting man, my the short price favourite would be either Russ or Matt Castles. Yep. And then my Ruffy, my Ruffy for the cup would be uh, would be Gorchin. Uh, I think you got and Jackson. Yeah, Jackson as well. He's all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that was a fun one. Um, okay, yeah, here's a specific one on on sectors itself. We've had a few people ask this, and that's basically um, if they have reserves off table, will they? come in on the sector that they've chosen or will it be the entire board edge? I've, I've uh, conferred with the TO for the day, which is going to be Dan Newton, and it's along the whole table edge. Yep. I've just got to remind players that there's no outflank in sectors. Yep. So they've just got to be mindful of that, but it's the along the whole table edge. Fantastic. That, that's uh We've had that uh, be a little bit of a contentious uh, reply back and forth on, on a few Facebook groups in the last few days, and, and pretty much unanimously everyone is saying it's the entire um, yeah, edge. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's how it should be read within the rules in general. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so actor um, from Tasmania is asking um, how the scoring system will work um, and uh, he's also saying how to handle the organization of players' lists and terrain, including supplies and setting up. So I, I guess this might be... Acta might actually know that you're overseas. Um, so 
you are heavily relying on a lot of the people at Outpost to help you out. I'm guessing um, Andy and Brad are, are key contributors oh, to that. Look, yeah. And so, so I was so I was lucky enough to have um, support back back in Australia. Um, Dan Newton, I have to say, is has been great as a TO. I think he's kind of happy that all he does is he rocks up um, and does his thing. I have to say, Brad Warnock is. Um, is behind the scenes. He put the the TO's handbook together for me, um, and you know donated his terrain. Um, I was lucky enough to have you guys at Rockingham Historical Gaming Society bring down a couple of tables. Um, you know, like Nick Light has yeah. put some awesome boards together, uh, and then I just have like the general community. I think they actually want to play um, these events on on really good tables. Yeah, um, and they and they bring their own terrain along um, as well. The club has got some terrain, uh, which is there, and that's 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 available. So, from an admin point of view, um, the only difference is, is I don't talk face to face; I talk via messenger. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and the, um, the the community supports supports me extremely well, and I'm very lucky to have such a great community behind me. From the point point of view of like price support, um, I've got you know emails because the guy the guy from Marts of Dice is in Karratha, Western Australia. Yeah. So, Dice of Wars in Karratha, Western Australia. Knights of Dice is Victoria. Um, OTP, I've got on Speed Messenger. <laughs> um, Amazing Forge with Thomas Fu. I've got them. I've also got him on Speed Messenger as well. Um, so again. Um, Communication and, and lots of lead time is is, is, is important. Uh, Outpost actually also puts forward some money into the pot for the tournament. Oh, fantastic! So that's why I can sort of react and uh, and and you know get some promo stuff going at the start. I've actually forgot the most important thing of all, which is the uh, trophy for the best Axis and best Ally General. Oh yeah, and that's actually that's actually handmade dice bags by. Um, Brad Warnock's partner Amanda, and she is an absolute superstar when it comes to that. So that is amazing see, that she is still see, making those. <laughs> yeah. So so as soon, as soon as as soon as I've got the the date locked in, I'm transferring some money straight to uh, to her. And the thing is, is that because it's because Outpost is a not for profit gaming club, mm. I don't get any money out of this. I blow every single cent on prizes, and I will buy whatever I can to... The, the coolest thing you can get. <laughs> the coolest thing I can get. And I, I get no money out of this. All yeah. I get is um, thumbs up on a Facebook post and a high five. So that's, <laughs> that's, 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 what, I, that's what I work for. I don't know. We, we, we could get some video footage this time for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's what I sort of, sort of work for um, with that. So the money for... The money for um, for Partisan Pete's actually coming out of the out, outpost. Um, oh, fantastic. So that's, that's, how, that's how that's being funded. Well done, so, outpost. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Um, uh, so you were talking about how you were painting at your desk and looking outside at, at some of the older buildings and stuff. And so Dan asked, you know, what inspires you? What inspired Partisan Pete to begin with, and and I might I think he's talking about the theme of the model more so, so than. 
Yeah, so to me, it was one of those things where, again, it's that historical element that, that yeah. sort of kicks in. Uh, I was trying to find something that was sort of generic across many theatres of war because, like, you could say, oh, I've got a captured soldier, but that's not really going to sort of cut it. And, he, and he's just such a distinctive model versus mm -hmm. the rest of your force. Yeah. Um, and, I, and it's, it's my sort of my, my, my tacky way of trying to get, um, like, my marketing ploy going because everyone doesn't refer to it as bolt action. They refer to it as the actual, yeah. um, you know, everyone referred to on, to on das side or yeah. Yeah. Party or Skullingrad. It's not um, the bolt action tournament. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's yeah. more of a, and that's what I sort of want to put it, put it down to is more it being about the actual event itself. Yeah. The actual sort of equally as important gaming system. So oh, yeah. I'm playing bolt action while well, I'm playing, Bolt action partisan party. And yeah, again, it's just really it's, building it's, it's a narrative. Just, yeah, but with, without yeah. it being historical missions, and that's that's the the main uh, the main plan. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Um, I'm just having a look. So I don't know if we got into the full detail. Of this um, Russ talks about. Um, uh, specifically where we were talking about the anti-tank the anti-tank grenades and Panzerfaust, Panzerschrecks, anti-tank rifles, suicide anti-tank, satchel charges, um, and which would and wouldn't be um, uh, capable for that, that side objective. Um, are we we saying almost all those are except for the satchel because this, you have the uh, anti-tank suicide team for Japanese. So, so, so with that there, just to go yeah. very clarify over that, satchel charges are included. Okay. It's only so that so then if your if your country doesn't have a shape charge, yep. then you get access to an anti tank gun. Right. Yep. So J Japan has anti tank grenades in the form of a suicide bomber. Yep, yep. Fantastic. So that, yep. They, they don't get access to the anti tank grenades. Yep. Okay. Great. Oh, sorry. They, they don't get access to the anti-tank gun. Clarify anti-tank gun. Yeah, yeah. Anything, That's what anything we thought. I discuss on here, refer to the flyers pack, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a few more from Dan. Um, he goes, uh, which side objective do you expect would be the hardest to achieve? Oh, look, I think chase the cache with partisan yeah. eight on a bonus point. And that's why that's why I gave him the bonus point. Yeah. For two for the two points, um, namely because the fact of you've got to get across the board, it's going to be like I reckon, um, it's going to be like the like the the rabbit and the fox type scenario. They're going to let the rabbit go, being partisan Pete, and you're going to hunt him down. Yeah. So I think it's just going to be a real real tough one to to jag the the bonus point for that. So that's why I gave that the bonus point. Um, it also, like I was looking at um, the other one, which I think might be a bit harder to do as well, is spring the trap. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you've got all these snipers on ambush and they spring the trap nine times. And that's why I put the, the parameter in. You've actually got to kill a model because if you yeah. go there, you, you roll your three to hit and then you've got to roll your four, five or six to take down the, yeah. um, the miniature on the other side. So that's why... I think that was um, I've put that in there. So to me, if I was to rate them, chase the cage would be uh, number one. Right. Uh, spring the trap would be number two, and probably um, 
Maybe clear the shadow. Um, yeah, clear the shadow as well. Yeah. And, and again, that was a bit of a, a bit of a, an interesting one as well because I put that in there a to stop people hiding Pete in the buildings mm -hmm. so you can't just you know hunker up, like take take advantage of the hard cover, and also people don't really um, destroy empty buildings. Mm -hmm. So again, it's it also helps as well for people actually learn the rules for the game on oh, how to time, destroy them. Correct, and with that there, it's actually got to be destroyed. It can't just be like. You know, hit by artillery. Oh, I've got my point. Yeah, it's got to be uh, brought yeah. down. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're two d six. Yeah, it's quite a big commitment to get that to destroy. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't actually have this written here, but I do remember um, Jackson putting up a post at some point referencing specifically clear out the chateau in the and I think roughly it was around the will, will it be somewhat symmetrical in the sense that there would equally be one building on each side of the deployment zone. Yep. So there'll be there'll be one building. Yeah. So okay. it'll be cool. to see if it'll be interesting to see if they just shoot the closest building. Yep. Um, or I'm the enemy in, one with stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 intrigued to see what people people do, whether they go for the cheeky one point and shoot the nearest building. <laughs> Um, or set it on fire, or do whatever, or whether they use that as cover to yeah. to bring yeah. bring Pete up and, and try and target the other person's building. So that's that's where I sort of have got gone with that to see yeah. what rather the game than plays out. rather than just dictating the enemy deployment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. I mean, there's bonuses to, to to destroying your own or 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 not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the bonus well, as, is the point, <laughs> but well, yeah, you're going to need as, it for Pete. Yeah, as, as I've learned so the hard way through bolt action, it's all about cover. Yeah. So if you destroy cover, there is um, yeah, you're, you're setting yourself up for, for doom. <laughs> There's going to be someone who does it straight away. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I think that's a majority of all the queries um, that have come through. Um, we've we've gone through all the uh, key things for the event. I'm super excited. Uh, absolutely a shame that you can't be here, but, um, you know, seeing that you're stuck on the other side of the world, you, you've probably got the better opportunity to create something a little bit more unique without all the pressures of, uh, you know, being a committee member and, and, and being at the club every week and then, you know, working and all that kind of stuff. So, um, Thank you very much for all the hard work that you've put into um, Partisan Party. I'm super excited to play it. Um, and uh, we'll let you know all how it goes um, when we're playing it in a, yeah. about a month, um, yeah. a month and a few weeks. So we've, we've roughly got like six weeks until the event. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I, I, you know, like, like I said before, the community really is what makes Bolt Action in Perth pretty awesome. And I, I think, um, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm not even in the same country. And I love it when a, a, a Facebook thread goes off because it means that people are reading the players pack. They're engaged. They're getting involved. They, they want to they practice. They want to paint. They want to do all the cool stuff about with the hobby. And that's what I'm all about because, you know, as soon as I get uh, any quiet time, I'm, Sneaking upstairs, painting, sneaking upstairs, trying to you know put a list together. Um, hopefully, once COVID lifts here in Toronto, um, getting 
building More the games. Toronto Bolt Action mm. community. And uh, and yeah, there's there's nothing better than uh, seeing some photos of, of home with the the table of terrain that I've left behind and, yeah. and people and people enjoying themselves and, and having fun playing bolt action. Fantastic. Well, um, I just want to thank everybody for listening to us ramble. This is my first interview I've ever done. Justin's a great um, support to to go through this. Um, the next episode's going to be uh, John Beeson, uh, and that will be focused on the upcoming Bolt Action Escalation League that we have going on through Perth. So uh, over the six, next six months, people have opportunities to play games at both Outpost and Good Games Rockingham in two separate leagues for Bolt Action. So one's going to be World War II Bolt Action. The other one's going to be Vietnam. Uh, so Vietnam, to play that game, you can go to vconthetrail.wordpress.com and download the uh, rule set for free. Um, I was one of the original contributors to that project. We're actually going to release a new version fairly soon. Um, so go ahead and try that. It is just the bolt action you know and love, modernize, extra weapon stats, basically every kind of unit combination you could think under the sun that would have happened in Vietnam. Very exciting to see John really pushing that. Um, and these two events are both firefight, so they are absolutely beginner-friendly because you only need a couple models to play. Um, you, you, the, the escalation is going to start quite small. You know, it might be four, five, six figures, and that's your first game. And each mission you just grow with, with more and more. Um, the other interview we've got coming up is Sven from Tabletop Battle. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to, to get an opportunity to talk to Sven. Um, those who don't know him, he's probably uh, one of the more famous Nordic YouTube personalities in the bolt action scene. And... I don't know specifically, uh, well, the, the correct maths behind this, but he's put out a bolt action video at least once a week for six years. So I think he has more bolt action content out there than anybody does in the whole internet. Um, if there's someone that beats him, I, I really got to know it. But he's been very consistent with bolt action, so it'd be really cool to talk to him. Um, and while I've got Justin just here, uh, we're going to actually be talking a lot about 148 tactic there as well. Um, and I know that you've just bought into 148, and that that is the perfect game to introduce your heavy board game scene to migrate onto um, tabletop wargaming. And, and and that's and that's the plan. Like um, uh, yeah, I, I, whatever you do, do not go to Kickstarter. Step one, don't get a Kickstarter. Step two, don't buy 148 Tactics. Step three, don't go into another Kickstarter. After <laughs> you've only just got another Kickstarter. That's my advice to young players. My advice to young players listening is look at our YouTube video for 148 Tactic on how to play, and you don't need to necessarily buy the figures. You can use your Bolt Action Minis. You yep, can download the free rules off their website, and you can download the unit cards and just try the game out. And if you like it, go ahead and, and support them like we have. Um, but it's actually a fantastic game to um, get new players into the hobby. Um, they market it as a one-hour um, war game. I think it's a half-an-hour war game. Uh, and, and I happen to teach, you know, 
30, 40 people how to play this game in a matter of minutes that had never played a war game before. So it's actually something really cool. It's just this hidden gem that's just not advertised anywhere and people need to try it out. So um, this is Western Tabletop. I'm Jacob. I'm going to be signing off uh, and we'll catch you next time.